is Brian. Hey, this is Jason. And this is Perfectly Screwed Podcast, episode 31. It's also part two of Egypt. So if you have not listened to part one, um, please go back and listen to it. Uh, this one is going to be on more of uh, the ancient cultures. We're going to try to get into some of Atlantis, this one, because the last one we were talking mostly about Egypt. This one we're going to try to talk about some other ancient cultures and some other mysterious things that, uh, but they tie into Egypt. Right. Yeah, it all ties in together, and it all ties into the yeah. possible destruction of North America. There's a lot of people also that have uh, theories now that Atlantis was actually more of a uh, global mm-hmm. civilization, mm-hmm. where the whole globe, the globe was basically tied together by knowledge, communication, electricity, however you want to say it. Um, but that there, you know, there was actually a main island, though, of Atlantis that somehow was sunken. And it's interesting um, that you mentioned electricity um, because there's actual proof that the Great Pyramid, the Pyramid of Giza, can conduct and project and absorb radiomagnetic waves. And um, they've, like, okay, yeah, okay. The Giza Pyramid can focus pockets of energy mm-hmm. into the pyramid itself. So it was built thousands of years ago. And even today, they're learning about all the hidden stuff that has went on with this pyramid. They, they still have not figured out exactly what this pyramid was. But the Great right. Pyramid of Giza can collect and concentrate electromagnetic energy inside its chambers at its base. The 100, now this thing is 139 meters, 456 feet. That's how tall the son of a bitch is, 456 feet tall. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's like a skyscraper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 2.3 million blocks. Yeah. All at 2.4 tons. And this was built more than 4,500 years ago. And is one of the oldest seven wonders of the ancient world. 4,500 years ago. Two and a half ton blocks. 456 feet tall. You're telling me they, they built a ramp 456 feet and pushed a two and a half ton block up the goddamn ramp to the top of this... Right. You're ridiculous. And now... That's that's the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. And now they're starting to find that it's actually, like, the math that's encoded into this thing. Well, like, first off, the Great Pyramid of Giza is located right in the center of the Earth's land mass. Right? Not the center of the Earth. Right in the center of the Earth's land mass. And the only possible way to know that where that is, is you have to be able to take um, uh, measurements from a orbiting space, in, in space, from a north-south pole orbit. Yeah, you have to orbit, orbit north and south pole. You can't orbit around the Earth. you got right. to orbit the whole Earth, like, octagonally, right. like an egg. Mm-hmm. 
and then you can take the mass of the earth. But that's the only way we've ever been able to do it. And we've, we, we just recently discovered how to orbit the planet north-south. Correct. Yeah. And we just recently discovered the mass of the earth, which is something the Egyptians knew about. It's encoded well in the over, measurements of the Great Pyramid. Yeah, and they knew that well over 4,500 I mean, years the ago. distance from the uh, center of the landmass to the North Pole, <laughs> the distance to the South Pole is encoded in it. The distance from the Earth to the Sun is encoded in it. The distance from the Earth to the Moon is encoded in it. All of these things, <laughs> the uh, speed of light, the... Uh, is in uh, the 365 days to a year. All these things are in, in the math. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And to your point um, about electricity with it, uh, there's a guy named, his name's Christopher Dunn, and he did studies at the pyramid and found uh, traces of zinc and sulfuric acid mm -hmm. in these chambers. Mm -hmm. And Basically, when you combine zinc and sulfuric, sulfuric acid, you get hydrogen. And they found evidence now underneath the Great Pyramid where it looks like there was water and there was something was given, was causing a, a compression wave because there's a, uh, underneath there's a place where you, it, you can see the evidence where the water was striking it. This what? one place, and they think causing it to resonate. Well, you know what sulfuric acid is with zinc, don't you? What? A car battery. Oh, see, I don't know. Yeah. I just know it's hydrogen. It produces hydrogen. Yeah, but sulfuric acid is in your car battery, and there's water in your car battery. Those are balanced out, and the electricity flows to those, through those two things. Now, they not, might not use zinc in a car battery, but they use some type of metal for the top to conduct the electricity through the battery, through the water and mm -hmm. sulfuric acid. I think you might so, use it. Right. So if there's water and sulfuric acid inside the pyramid stones, that would make perfect sense mm -hmm. because it would make a perfect battery. So therefore, that would explain why it conducts and harvests electricity because what they built was a very, very, very ancient form of a battery. Using and, and sulfuric acid, water, and zinc. And hypothetically, the energy you could, I'm guessing you could project enough energy out of it that it could then be picked up possibly by these other obelisks and pyramids that are built all around the planet as, and be used as some kind of wireless energy system, which is exactly what Tesla was trying to say. Trying well, see, to do in the early ability, 1900s. Its ability to concentrate electric and magnetic energy was discovered by a team of researchers led by scientists from ITMO University in the Russian city of St. Petersburg. Uh, they created a model of the pyramid to measure its electromagnetic response. The model was used to see how wave energy is scattered and absorbed by the pyramid, and the group tested the interactions with waves of resonant length ranging from 200 meters to 600 meters. Um, with the pyramid's ability to concentrate energy, if it was recreate, they recreated on a, on a nano scale, which is a much smaller scale than the actual period. But 
Researchers say if you use that science on the broad scale of the pyramid size, right, it would be an, a very effective sensor to project electromagnetic and magnetic energy outwards towards the heavens. Right. And it would also act as a huge solar cell. So what was happening is what they figured out when they built this little tiny model is that it was absorbing the sun's energy through the zinc and the sulfuric acid, like a solar panel, yeah. and causing an electromagnetic charge inside the sulfuric acid because of the zinc, and the pyramid was holding the charge because it was like a battery, but it was a battery that was ran by the sun. And then they could probably actually control uh, how much... Uh, energy and frequency they're pumping out of it by how hard they're co compressing the water wave underneath. Right. And they're making it resonate at whatever level they want. Well, see, also, you do not know how much sulfuric acid or how much water or stuff they were combining. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because all they're doing is finding hundreds of, you know, thousands and thousands of years later, they're finding remnants that sulfuric acid was present. Mm -hmm. But they don't know yeah. why. And or how or much, how much right? or you know, to what absorption or what they were doing with it. But they do know that thousands of years later, this thing will still hold energy. Right. Absolutely. So imagine thousands of years before when it was first built, not only did it hold energy, it was basically an electromagnetic radio wave projector to project electromagnetic radio waves into space. Now, the only reason you would want something that projected a signal into space is if you're an alien race or if you're a race that was here on the Earth and left, like I believe, and you wanted to pinpoint the cities that you wanted to come back to. That's the only reason. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you, could you... Well, think about... Uh, I mean, I mean theoretically, you could... Pump a signal out in depth and in infinitely into space. That that they that, could be anywhere in the universe. Yeah. As long as they could pick up that signal, right? They know exactly where to go. That tongue gets in the way sometimes, don't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I understand. I have the same problem. Yeah. Well, if you think about these amazing sculptures, think about. I wish I had more practice with it. <laughs> hey man, two hundred and twenty dollars. I'll give you a number. All right. <laughs> I give her, you give her 200 bucks. I, I don't know if there's any single female listeners out there, but <laughs> practice makes perfect. Mm. Like I said, I'm coachable. You know, $200. I'm sure somebody in Fort Wayne for $200 will meet you wherever you ask. <laughs> What's her name? I don't know. You probably have to. Oh, I'm sure if you I look. Thought, I thought maybe you were running some kind of pimp <coughs> game I didn't know about. Look, like, dude, I, why are you holding out? Look, A, I've never paid for sex. B, I'm not going to. But I know. Everybody that, pays for that sex. That there is, well, kind of. But I know there is prostitutes that are on the internet that they call escorts. Unquote. Oh. And I know that they charge probably, you know, about two, three hundred dollars. So, I mean, that's common knowledge, even though I've never personally used their services. Right. 
Right. That's just you know the going rate. Yes. I know, you know, people who have used their services. <laughs> right. But so, we digress. Yeah, but I digress. Back <laughs> to what I was talking And this is why episodes take two hours. Exactly. Yes. Because we don't <laughs> we have to go off little tangents. And, well, but hey, this is our show, goddammit. I guess we'll do what we want. But anyways, the point is... Um, I think the point is, is that there were ancient... In ancient times, and we're talking thousands and probably even millions of years ago, there was advanced technology and civilizations well, this is on the, the planet. That study we're talking about that they did, they published in the Journal of Applied Physics. And they said, in general, one can conclude that the pyramid objects located on the substrate are supporting multiple resonance and can significantly suppress and reflect electromagnetic waves. In the Earth's condition, this could be used to control radio wave uh, propagation and reflection. So what it's saying is it was using energy from the sun and the Earth's resonance, where it sits and how it's positioned, how it's positioned exactly correctly. It's using that positioning of these pyramids plus the sun to charge up the pyramid, and it was projecting radio waves. It was a huge battery that projected radio waves into space. And so ancient Egyptians 4,500 years ago not only discovered how to make batteries, they discovered how to charge them with the sun and make solar panels, and then they discovered radio. And... It's, it's almost evidence that they were communicating globally because so many of these structures lie on the same, same line of latitude or longitude or whatever it would be, right? So you got the pyramids of Giza, uh, Stonehenge, uh, Angkor Wat. Uh, there's even more, maybe like Easter well, Island, all these different monuments globally, and they all sit on the same uh, line of mm-hmm. longitude through the Earth, right? And now, if the pyramid is projecting energy, it would make sense that it would be projecting it right down the line. Well, see, this is the interesting thing, not only that. And I swear to God, we're getting into Atlantis in about two seconds. But listen to this. If you look at above, not only the pyramids in Egypt, but the pyramids all over the world, and like you said, Stonehenge, and the circle over under Lake Michigan, and all of these different monuments to the gods, supposedly. If you look at them from an aerial point of view, they're very clear markers Mm -hmm. from space and from the air that you could see. Stonehenge is a big round circle with a dot in the middle. It looks just like a bullseye. Mm -hmm. If you wanted a place to land a spacecraft, you would want a marker that's really big and markers that could project radio waves. And it literally looks like a structure that may have one one time housed a spacecraft. Right. right? Like one could have just came down and landed right on it. Right. Like the same thing in like Angkor Wat in Cambodia. Yeah. From above, it literally looks like a landing pad. 
Well, that's what Stonings was like. Mm-hmm. They say it's a ritualistic, all this. No, I think what it was, because some of the stones have fallen over. And like you said, it looks like a support pad for a spaceship. Because if you were to land a flying saucer and land perfectly on there, the middle ring would support the middle of it. The outer ring would support the outer side of it. And then they would come down right out of the spaceship. And, of course, it was a gateway to the gods. And if they're all be, if they're all being uh, on this line of energy and they're all emitting energy and storing energy and transferring energy, it would also make sense that these vehicles were, would come down and land on them and somehow refuel or, you know, charge up their spacecraft. Well, see, this is all leading to something, folks, if you don't know this. But this is where I'm getting to this. And this is how we're going to lead into Atlantis from ancient cultures. How do we know if the pyramids could do what they say, which is absorb radioactive or radio waves, project radio waves, project electromagnetics, right? And that's at the base of the pyramid. At the top of the pyramid, it projects left. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a satellite almost. But how do we know that's not a stargate of some kind? Oh, oh, absolutely. Right. Is it, yeah. is it 100% that we don't know that they no. were used as stargates? <laughs> no, it's like, yeah. Right, because if they can produce that kind of energy, if we can connect to a ship that had that kind of energy, yeah, they can open up an electromagnetic gravitational gateway in between space and time, and you could travel between that pyramid and the ship instantly. And a lot of Egyptian hieroglyphs say, that the gods will come down into these sacred sites through the heavens. Mm-hmm. In fact, even in the Bible, it says the heavens would open up and yeah. the gods would come sure. down in rays of light and in clouds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said earlier, if, if the Great Pyramid of Giza is a battery, holy shit, what a humongous battery. Yeah, it's producing a what huge... kind of power, and we don't know how much... Uh, Sulfuric acid and water and yeah, because with the power of this thing could have been all we know for a fact is that it can absorb and transmit electromagnetic energy. Mm-hmm. But and they know it was a it would have been a perfect solar panel. Mm-hmm. So given that idea, if it's absorbing the sun's energy and it's stored over and over, and they can release it whenever they want somehow in the pyramid. In a humongous blast, burst of, yeah, that rips through yeah, time, space, time. space, and everything. You could tr- basically travel from here to another planet instantly, and that could be heaven, hundred percent, or the God Place, mm-hmm. and that could be a culture that has left this planet way before, which is exactly where we get into Atlantis. Yes, because it all talks about that in the Emerald Tablets. <laughs> Correct. Did you want to get into the Emerald Tablets yeah. first? So, uh. Because the Emerald Tablets um, were, um, now we're going to say supposedly on a lot of things, but I believe they're real, myself, Mm -hmm. personally. Um, Like, again, if any of the people out there don't believe this, that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, A lot of things we say on here, I'm going to say it again, we don't 100% believe everything we say, but I'm going to put the option out there. If it's possible, then it's possible. And just go look up right. what we're saying. And anything, Google it. <laughs> anything that is possible could be. So, if you believe we're living in a simulation, that's a complete possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But this is also a possibility. But yeah, no, uh, Atlanteans, I do believe this. So, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I like, and like anybody that I, like Jordan Maxwell, mm -hmm. I like what he says. He always says, I'm not the foremost authority on anything. Correct. Don't take my word for it. You no, know what I mean? Look it up for yourself. He says, I'm just an ordinary man <laughs> in pursuit of extraordinary knowledge. Correct. So, yeah, go look it up for yourself. Like, Correct. I mean, um, but yeah, the Emerald Tablets are, they were found in Mexico. Teotihuacan, uh, if you've never heard of that, in Mexico. It's actually, Teotihuacan uh, translates into the city of the gods. Right. And it's actually a pyramid complex in the same outline with the three pyramids that mirror the belt stars of Orion, mm -hmm. just like the Pyramid of Giza. And they found pools of mercury right. below this city. city. Yeah, yes, and that's where the, they found these emerald tablets. And again, mercury could be used as an electrical conduit. Because there are yes. mercury batteries. Mm -hmm. So you could use mercury to it's do a the same. liquid metal. Yeah, you can, you, you can use mercury in the same way that you would use zinc in Egypt. Mm -hmm. If you had mercury, sulfuric acid, and water, you would have some type of battery. It would conduct energy. Well, and I think mercury was what the Nazis were experimenting with. Well, see, mercury Basically, also reacts could, to heat, which would be interesting yeah. if you were using some type of solar energy. Well, if you get mercury spinning in a certain way and then inner heat mm -hmm. or electricity into it, it forms anti-gravity, basically, yeah. like a yeah. anti-gravity force field. Right, they just couldn't figure out how to utilize yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say that in World War II, that's what the Foo Fighters they talked about were, mm -hmm. we call them Foo Fighters? Yeah. They were these like orange glowing disc balls of light, right. which is what would admit if you got mercury Spinning fast enough and warmed up hot enough. Right. But anyway, so yeah, the emerald tablets, they're, they call them emerald tablets because they're made of like this indestructible, alchemical-made material. Mm -hmm. And they were written by the ancient Atlantean Egyptian god named Thoth. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> the book that I'm reading from is called The Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. Billy Carson wrote this book, basically just breaking down the actual tablets. So it translates, he has the Emerald Tablets, right? The translated version of the tablets, and then he kind of puts his own spin on things, and then also gives all kinds of different references and websites and links in this book to go and research for yourself, right? Because that's really what it's all about. We can sit here and talk all day, you know what I'm saying? But right. people only want to know what they really want to know. Correct. And they have to go find it themselves and then, you know, make your own decisions. But just the very first Emerald Tablet, this is how it starts. I, Thoth the Atlantean, master of mysteries, keeper of records, mighty king, magician, living from generation to generation, being about to pass into the halls of Amenti. These records of the mighty wisdom of great Atlantis set down for the guidance of those that are to come after in the great city of Kior on the island of Undal in a time far past I began this incarnation. 
it really it's it's strikingly similar to the Bible, mm-hmm. and there there's a lot when you read the Bible and you read where and Jesus is actually speaking, you can almost every time he is speaking in the Bible can go back and re- reference it and compare it to something that was said in these emerald tablets by Paul. Right, right. Um, and, and so, again, Atlantis, if we're talking about a landmass, right, mm-hmm. in the Atlantic Ocean between North America and Africa and Europe, Right, 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 and it it come it it's it's actually the part of the Earth and the landmass that that we're talking about when we talk about Atlantis that was that Plato described, you know, that was destroyed yes. in a day and a night. It's very very uh, plausible to say that that's what we're talking about here. When uh, Paul talks about he was lived in the great city of Kior on the island of Undal. So that island back then could have been called Undal, Kior probably being the the major you know city in the middle of it. So in a time far past, I began this incarnation, not as the little men of the present age did, the mighty ones of Atlantis live and die, but rather from eon to eon did they renew their life in the halls of Amenti, where the river of life flows eternally onward. A hundred times ten have I descended the dark way that led into light, and as many times have I ascended from the darkness into the light, my strength and power renewed. Now for a time I descend, and the men of Kim shall know me no more. Now Kim was what Egypt was called before it was Egypt. It was called the land of Kim, which is where we get our word chemistry or alchemy. Um, so thoughts when he talks about the halls of Amenti, we're talking uh, we're talking about uh, rooms and passage passageways below the Great Pyramid and below the Sphinx in Egypt. And basically, what he, what he describes them as are regeneration chambers, where he can go down below to these halls of Amenti. And a hundred times ten now he's done this, where he has got human avatar bodies regenerating, and he can transfer his consciousness from one to the other. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so, you know, he goes down to regenerate one, transfers his consciousness to another, and now he's walking right. amongst men. Looks like a man, but he's not a man. Well, see, we're not too far from that now. Right. They have actually grown brain cells out of stem cells. Now, they didn't let it grow big, but they grew it enough that it had brain waves, and they actually injected it with Neanderthal DNA to see what it would do. Now, if they can do shit like that, we're not too far from ourselves growing a human being. Oh, no. No. Yeah, no. And they can transfer consciousness into computer. Right. We're about probably maybe a thousand years out, maybe less, from us being able to transfer our consciousness into another body. Yeah. Never die. I'm pretty sure, yeah, we can clone people. Yeah. So if you could clone yourself and transfer your consciousness, then you, 
you literally would never die. Now, one thing I do want to bring up, these Emerald Tablets were written by an Atlantean. It was written by someone who claims to be from the city of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Now, before you go into No, he says he was an Atlantean. Yeah. But he's from the city of Kior on the right. island of right. Mundal. Okay, so these Atlanteans were everywhere else, too. But That's what I'm saying. They were a race of beings from the city or the country of Atlantis. Because really, right. as Plato describes it, Atlantis was supposed to be huge. But they're very highly technologically advanced. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. See, what most people think and what has been shown in a lot of movies and cartoons and glazed over is that Atlantis was this utopian society, peaceful, this and that. No. Plato said Atlantis is the embodiment of material wealth. They are technologically advanced, extremely military powerful. They have flying machines, and they have become corrupted by wealth, sophistication, and their own might. They have become corrupted. Yeah. And that's what Plato said about the city of Atlantis. And he said, it happened. See, the interesting thing is Plato wrote about Atlantis and said it sunk way before he was around. But people say that no one ever wrote about Atlantis but Plato. Well, then how did Plato... I mean, you can say he made it up, but even later on in life, he said he didn't make it up. Mm-hmm. When people ask Plato about it, he's quoted as saying, no, Atlantis existed. I heard it from da-da-da-da-da. See, things and a lot of Plato's time was passed down a lot through bards and through father to son and stories from relatives. And they were stories because mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't write things down. So if there was a great nation that had, if there had been an earthquake or a volcano or something like that, and it had destroyed this great nation, okay, completely destroyed it, you wouldn't really find remnants of it. Because you don't find remnants of Pompeii, because it was covered by lava, and now it's a rock at the bottom of the ocean. In fact, for years they thought Pompeii was fictional. And then they found parts of it funny. But right. it took them a long time to believe Pompeii was real. No, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> so if this, this island or this huge continent or landmass sits where the Atlantic Ocean is now, and yeah, and it's on a, like a fault line, and all of a sudden, so, even if something happens, you know, even if it's... Uh, uh, asteroid or comet or anything, something happens, hits the other side of the world, or like you said, volcanic activity all of a sudden starts springing up from underneath. And I mean, dude, there's sinkholes and shit that happen all the time, all around, everywhere. Just all of a sudden, the earth will just completely yeah, collapse correct. from underneath. Yeah. If that happens on a volcanic fault line, earthquake fault line type, uh, well, look, look, look at what happened to Mount St. Helens in Washington. Mm-hmm. Okay, the city that was at the bottom of Mount St. Helens is still non-existent. Yeah, because there is no city. It got covered by rock, and now it's part of Mount St. Helens. Yeah, you could dig down and find it, but if you just looked at it, you wouldn't see it. Mount St. Helens blew the whole damn mountain apart and covered the whole city in lava. 
Okay, when it was done, there is no city. Right. If that happened in any city and the volcano was big enough, first of all, the explosion alone from the volcano, if it was like Mount St. Helens, would blow the top off of the city. If that city was sitting on top of an active volcano and they didn't know it, or maybe they did know it and they were using that to power the city, like hydroelectric power. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. But then it exploded. If it exploded, it'd blow up the whole city into pieces. Mm -hmm. You'd have nothing but dust. And how about going back uh, to episode one, when you talked about the asteroid that wipes out the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. So everything, let's say everything's settled. Uh, the ice is starting to retreat. Advanced civilization comes down. And they start to build civilization. See, I don't think they came down. That's where I differ on a lot of people. I don't think aliens are actually aliens. I don't think UFOs we see are actually UFOs. Because I believe in aliens. But the Earth is not very remarkable as far as planets go. As far as an astronomical event, the Earth is not a very remarkable planet. Okay, There's no reason that if you were galaxies and galaxies away, Unless you just happen to stumble upon the Earth, or if you happen to be close enough to us to know there was life here, that's the only reason you'd ever investigate here. There's no other reason to do it. What I think aliens are, is they're a race of people that were right here on the Earth. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a missing link that they've never found for years and years and years in the fossil record between Neanderthal and us. There's a huge gap. It's like one day there were Neanderthals, boom, now we're humans. No. What if there was two species, Neanderthal and humans, and we don't give Neanderthals enough credit? Because they just assume Neanderthals were stupid. They don't know. Right. They can't measure a brain. They just assume. So... You can't know for a fact. Maybe Neanderthals were what we're talking about. Atlanteans. Mm -hmm. Well, and maybe they were much more no, advanced than us. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree. And they could have advanced <laughs> on Earth, and they. But they. But at some point, they had to have gotten off planet. We'll see. And this then is had, the... and then come back down after some kind after the. Oh no! I think yeah. I think they left right. because right. I think. Okay, first of all, we're not entirely sure. We can only go by what we find. Archaeologists can only base information on what they find. So nothing archaeologists say is actually an absolute because you're finding out new stuff every day. Okay? So they, they say mm -hmm. Neanderthals, they think, are this old, but that's only based on the oldest one they ever found. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't know yeah, and how old Neanderthals actually and are. And they found more than just Neanderthals, <laughs> right? They found uh, Denisovans now, yeah. uh, Homo floresiensis, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Homo sapiens. Well, they yeah. all started, all of us have a common ancestor, the Homo sapiens. And then Homo sapiens mixed with all these other races to form Neanderthals, the Instances, all these. And then finally us. Mm -hmm. But they say Neanderthals went extinct. But what if, I'm going to propose this, what if they were smarter than us? What if they did have regeneration chambers like you said? Sure. What if they could live underground and regenerate? 
What if they could leave the planet, yeah. like Plato was saying? I 100% agree. So yeah. my point is, what if you have a race that's much older than us, and they've advanced to the point where we are now, and maybe even farther, but they see these pesky humans starting to really populate the Earth. And not only are they pesky, but they're kind of dumb, and they'll hurt you. So we're going to rule over them, use them as slaves, you know, use them how we want them. And then we get a little more intelligent, and realizing, hey, they're getting kind of intelligent. Maybe we should show them a little technology now. Mm-hmm. So they have this culture out here. And like Plato said, they figured they were the elitist. Because what they are is the more intelligent, advanced race. But they're like we are today. They're an advanced, maybe even past what we are today, but they're still warring as human beings. And they still have a ruling class yeah. and a hierarchy. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And we, to them, are almost like animals at this point. Sure. And they see we're getting a little smarter, so eventually they start sharing some of their technology, expanding out from their own island, and start mingling among us, and they become the gods. Mm -hmm. And by this time, they of course left, because Atlantis is already sank. Their capital blew up. So the ones that could escape, escaped, and now they have to live somewhere. Yeah, they went to the land of Kim. So it's yeah, Egypt. Right. They went to Egypt. And they spread start out. over. Right. And then they spread out even further. They went to South America, built some pyramids mm-hmm. here and there. And then, like you said, that destructive comet came, wiped out North America. But before it wiped it out, all of them got together and said, hey, we got to get the fuck off this planet, man. Mm-hmm. This planet's going to get destroyed. You remember what happened the last time. Yeah. And now it's going to hit this ice. Yeah. And it's, go- yeah. And that would also explain. Uh, if it hit a, a ice sheet that's covering North America, why, if there was a, a landmass out in the Atlantic, dude, that would cause a flood, right? Because the water that's coming off of that ice sheet is going to be immense, and it would probably cause volcanic and earthquake activity underneath. But okay, now think about this. Now, you take that culture, and you're talking about 15,000 years ago, probably. Maybe a little while. Some around there. So this culture has space technology enough to not only get off the Earth 15,000 years ago, but they can get to another planet. (laughs) Now they do this. They're going to take their technology with them. They're not going to leave it here for you. Plus, Atlantis, their capital, who had most of their technology, is now sunk. They're going to take as much as they can. Absolutely. To start on the new planet. Mm -hmm. Right. So all their machines got to go with them because, so they've mastered this technology. Now, you fast forward 15,000 years. How advanced is that race going to be at this point? <laughs> right. If 15,000 more years Right. Advanced. If they're thousands of years past where we are right now, and then you took, say, a thousand years from now, we get to the point where this earth is uninhabitable by us, mm-hmm. and we leave the planet, okay? Now, which could logically happen. Elon Musk is working on it right now. Okay, so logically, at one point, we could leave the planet and start over on a new planet. In the very near future. Right. And we keep advancing on the new planet. Now, while we're advancing, this planet repairs itself like this planet always does. Sure. And then another race takes over. Sure. Be it Homo sapien, be it ape, maybe an ape takes over. Now it's an ape Homo sapien planet. Okay. 
Well, our scientists after a little while are going to go, you know, maybe we should go back and visit Earth and see what's going on down there. See if it's, you know, habitable again. See if anybody surfaced. Right. See if it's habitable again. Maybe it's cleaned itself up. So they come back and check it out. Now we see that these ape creatures have now taken over the whole planet and they're getting smart. Well, you're going to monitor those creatures at this point. See what's going on. Research-wise. Because you've advanced to the point where you're researching everything now. You're intelligent as hell. Oh, dude, yeah. If you're a space-faring species, yeah. Right. Thousands of years more advanced than we are. Right? Yeah, absolutely. 15,000 plus sure. years more advanced. Well, okay, do you think they would be at least 1,000 years more than where we are right now, technologically? At the very least. Yeah. And that was 15,000 years ago. Yeah. So they would be about 16,000 years farther than where we are right now. <laughs> That's hard to fathom, really. Right. I mean, at that point, you know, you would assume computers are in your brain. You could do, yeah. you would think that there would yeah. probably be nothing that yeah, would they, be they could not could do anything. Right. Yeah. And I assume they would explore the whole entire galaxy because that is what all homo sapien races like to do, explore. And, and Whether I, it be Neanderthal or any of them. And if they came from this planet and they are like us and cousins of us, but much more advanced than we are, then they would be explorers, and they would come back to research us and see what's yeah. going on. I th and I think Earth is the reason why they would keep coming back and why it's an important planet is because it's in that Goldilocks zone that right. physicists talk about right. as being perfect distance away from its sun. Well, yeah, but a lot of planets are. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you, you said yesterday. I mean, yeah. think yeah. about it. Our galaxy... Has 10 billion, there's 10 billion planets in our Milky Way galaxy alone that are habitable and in perfect position from their sun, just like the Earth. In just our galaxy. In just our galaxy. And there is literally, as far as we know, hundreds and hundreds of billions of galaxies in the universe. In the universe, right. And there's so, enough, there's, a, there's a, enough star, uh, there are more stars in our galaxy. The grains of sand mm -hmm. on all the beaches. Yeah. And that's one of that's billions one of possibly trillions of galaxies. Right. So if you take that math, the possibility that their life is almost, besides us, is almost... Uh, it's almost impossible, impossible that there's not. Yeah, it's 100%. It, it's yeah. Not only possible, it's likely. Right. 100% likely. There's no way we're the abnormality in a universe this big. Right. And more than likely, the species that would develop on other planets would be way more advanced than us. Although that's not, to, and this is the other thing. If Atlanteans were here and then left, okay, and landed on another habitable planet, who's to say there weren't beings already on that planet? They made it with them. Sure. And that's why you get the grays. They kind of look human. But they kind of don't. Because they're mated with a homo sapien type species, but they're an alien race. So they are kind of human. Yeah. They have our DNA, but it's been filtered down through the years. Just look how much humans have changed. Just us on this planet from 15,000 years ago till now. Yeah. Looks and, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So imagine how much an advanced race would change looks-wise if they landed on a completely different planet and yeah. integrated their technologies and their DNA and their 
you know, minerals and your rocks and stuff that might be different than what we have on our planet. Yeah, and you're going to evolve too uh, differently based on like the gravity of that other planet. Right. Or like if you're, how long are you, how long are you in space? Right. And the intelligence. Because if you're, if you're flying around space for generations, then uh, the children being born are going to start taking on the form of being born in space. In space. Right. Right. So yeah. So that, yeah, absolutely. And you don't know how intelligent the aliens on that planet are. They're very intelligent right. too. And you land on an intelligent planet and you're intelligent, they're intelligent. You would have offspring that are beyond intelligent. Sure. And could have psychic abilities that we don't know about and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know what an alien race, how they communicate or how that works. I mean, maybe they communicate psychically. Right. And go and oh yeah, back so mm -hmm. back to what you were talking about, Plato too, uh, describing Atlantis. Mm -hmm. There's theories now that he was possibly a remote viewer. Yeah. That, and and we we're, we've shown today that this is real. This can really be done. Mm -hmm. That people can remote view uh, certain. You give them a certain time and a certain place anywhere in the freaking solar system. And they can write down exactly, or not, you know, maybe not exactly, but an, an, oh yeah, they uh, know exactly uh, what you're doing. Uh, right? They can write down enough to be able, just like Plato, to write a descriptive story in his own words about what he's seeing in his in his mind. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I wanted to read a couple more things from the Emerald Tablets. Yeah, go ahead. See, and just to. Uh, so you can see how this kind of really correlates with uh, the Bible. So again, uh, when Thoth said he was in the halls of a mentee regenerating, he said he does that a hundred times ten. He said he descended in the dark way that led into light. Now for a time I descend, and the men of Kim shall know me no more. But in a time yet unborn, I will rise again, mighty and potent, requiring an accounting of those left behind me. Now, does that not sound like the second coming? In a time yet unborn, oh, yeah. will yeah, I yeah. rise again, mighty and potent, that, that's, requiring that's an accounting exactly. of yeah. those left behind me. That's exactly the second coming. Yes. Then beware, O men of Kim, again, men of Kim, men of Egypt, if ye have falsely betrayed my teaching, for I shall cast ye down from your high estate into the darkness of the caves from whence ye came. And that's what happened. And that's what you was talking about earlier. <laughs> Somebody came down. The golden age. It's when the golden and they, age ended. And, they end, and something happened. Because that And pharaoh, they cast them into the darkness. Okay. That pharaoh. Akhenaten. Akhenaten. He rebelled against what the Egyptians called gods. Mm -hmm. Which were the snake people or the reptilian people, or Atlanteans. Because even Plato said they had a reptile look to them. Sure. So they were a different culture. They were a different type of people. And if you think about it, is it possible that the dinosaurs never completely died, just evolved into a smaller reptilian person that hid underground? Oh, is yeah. it possible oh, that possible. the dinosaurs oh, hit underground, some of them, yeah. and came out and they were actually like us and at it's a even, certain point? It's e I think it's even possible, to your point, that 
an advanced human civilization could have somehow evolved on Earth, gotten off the planet. They could add, and I think then actually could tinker with dinosaur DNA and possibly mix it with their own and, and create exactly what you're talking right. about. Or we don't know. Again, when we look at a Neanderthal, all we're looking at is a skeleton, and they can check the DNA. So they know they were cousins of ours. But you can't say all primates don't have scaly skin because some of them have, you know, eczema and shit like that. Who's to say this wasn't a race of people who had just scaly skin? It's very possible that there was a reason they had scaly skin. Is it possible Neanderthals grew scales on their body to protect them? Because if you had scales kind of like an armor, like an armadillo, you would kind of look reptilian, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't. But if it was hardened skin layers and someone tried to stab you, it'd be really hard to stab an armadillo with a sure. knife. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, what you're saying makes perfect logical sense. There, there are people out there that are born with, with diseases. Where they have scales on their skin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And is that, that could just be a, a, a genetic, a genetic that's being passed down. From the Atlanteans. That's, you know what I mean? And from the Neanderthals. Sure. And see, there's also a possibility, I think, that these Atlantean people, that they established this great, highly advanced civilization. And they originally, <laughs> the, the reptilian, the snake people that we're talking about, that have now been kind of demonized, that they were actually of higher consciousness. Yeah, I think, higher they, I think they were much and more that, intelligent. And that the people that got off Earth and came back and found this was happening couldn't stand it. Yeah. And so and that and so in saying that, here's another uh excerpt here from the great uh, Emerald Tablet Emerald Tablets. This is thought. Great were my people in the ancient days, great beyond the conception of the little people now around me. Knowing the wisdom of old, seeking far within the heart of infinity, knowledge that belonged to the earth's youth. Wise were we with the wisdom of the children of light who dwelt among us. Strong were we with the power drawn from the eternal fire. And of all these, greatest among the children of men was my father, thought me, keeper of the great temple, link, link between the children of light. Great temple. Well, see, Link between the children of light. And that brings me to the Is sword. Is that an ancient structure? Well, it also brings you to the sword. Children of light. He's talking about they worship the eternal living light, which a lot of people believe is what we go back to when we die. The mm -hmm. eternal light. The source. And they worship the light. Mm -hmm. And see, they learned how to harness it. They learned how to harness the light and regenerate their lives over and over into different bodies. So they no longer sure. had sexual relations. They just regenerated their own consciousness into a human being, into another body, which explains why every time people see grays, they say they're sexless. If you can transfer your body into an avatar, you would never have to produce children. Mm -hmm. 
because you would never need a new any more children. You just transfer your own consciousness when you got old, right? And wake up as a child again, right? And not only that, but that is proven in jellyfish here on the earth. They do that all yeah. the time. Oh, absolutely. They revert back regenerate to a, themselves. Yeah, they regenerate, revert back to a childlike yeah, state crazy. Yeah. and grow up again. I've seen that. That's yeah. true. And they're immortal unless they're eaten. Yeah. So why couldn't there be other beings? Why are jellyfish right. the only ones that can do that? Yeah. Why can't What's, other beings do And it? why 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 would people just assume that jellyfish <laughs> are just evolved from they they could have easily came from space. Correct. There's a, a mimic octopus. Have you ever seen that thing? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, this thing it has to be more intelligent than a human. Yeah. I mean, this motherfucker is incredible. It can change its shape, its yeah. color instantaneously yeah. to blend yeah. in with anything. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It can look like a coral reef and rocks, and you never see it. Oh, it's it literally changes its DNA oh, yeah. on command. Yeah, on command. And, oh, hey, so listen to this. Mm-hmm. So, again, fall. Children of light who dwelt within the temple and the races of men who inhabited the ten islands, mouthpiece after the three, of the dweller of Unal, speaking to the kings with the voice that must be obeyed, grew I there from a child into manhood, being taught by my father the elder mysteries, until in time there grew within the fire of wisdom, until it burst into a consuming flame. Not desired I but the attainment of wisdom, until on a great day the command came from the dweller of the temple that I brought before him. Few there were among the children of men who had looked upon that mighty face and lived. For not as the sons of men are the children of light. For not as the sons of men are the children of light when they are not incarnate in a physical body. Chosen was I from the sons of men, taught by the dweller, so that his purposes might be fulfilled. And see, in the Bible it kind of talks about that too, because uh, it talks about daughters of men. Um, mm-hmm. Humans begot of men, and then the sons of God, which were completely different, different rings. Yes. Yes. And, and they uh, had to have been, if they're not, if they were Okay, let's assume maybe they are ethereal spirit beings. They had to have been able then to somehow either transform into a physical human or be able to transfer their consciousness into a physical human. And their plumbing had to be able to work because if sons of God came into daughters of men and produced offspring, right? Then that's later. That, that 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 couldn't that couldn't just happen. It couldn't be just a spirit being. And the sons of God are referred to as. It's interesting because in the Bible they refer to sons of God in different ways. Sons of God is referred to as angels or angel type beings, which any well being coming from the heavens down to earth and looking different than us would look like an angel. Right, but I, I but but. Their son, but they could all be different beings. Sons of God could be one thing, right? 
daughters of men is another. Angels is something different. There's the seraphim, the cherubim, the yeah. raphim. Right. Uh, All tri- the Anunnaki is in the Bible. They're called the Anuk. Right. Uh, the Nephilim. Well, the Nephilim are the offspring right. of the daughters of men and sons of mm-hmm. God. And actually, God, uh, it, it says in the Bible, God got pissed because he told them, do not go down there and basically mate with the humans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's And that's the book we're, we're, Enoch talks yeah, about that. Yeah, and the watcher, yeah, they're below us. That there was 300 right. fallen angels and that two of them, 200 of them, right, are the fallen ones. But see, we're getting into the next episode. Oh, well, yeah. But, so, you know. let's get back to Atlanta right. stuff. Um, what was I going to say? Oh. So let me f- uh, find this one talking about, uh, Paul talks about he was the one that built the pyramid, the mm. Great Pyramid. Oh, okay, here we go. Build an eye the Great Pyramid. Patterned after the pyramid of earth force, burning eternally so that it too might remain through the ages. In it, I builded my knowledge of magic science. And magic science translates into advanced technology. Correct. See, that's an ancient scripture, an ancient words, and it's being translated. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to translate it through three different translations to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Because you take the ancient knowledge, you translate it into something a little sooner, and then it gets translated finally into English. After three translations, advanced technology becomes magic technology, (laughs) or magic science. And so, yeah, and then it goes on. uh... And magic, a lot of times, was used as a word to mean spiritual or otherworldly. Yeah. And it warns in the Bible, do not talk to partitioners of magic, speaking of people who deal in otherworldly things. Okay? So that tells you magic is sometimes used, meaning religious, otherworldly, and spiritual. So he could have been talking about spiritual science, sciences that are outside of our realm. Sure. Science Un- unseen. Right. Like he like I think they harnessed that life force that I'm talking about. Sure. And he knew how to use that energy to do what he needed to do. Sure. And and you I I mean you also gotta think though too, I mean, to somebody back in those days that didn't know any better, the way that a cell phone works would be magic. Oh yeah. Even though it's not really yeah. magic. If, if you dropped me with my clothes on from modern day times, and you dropped me... The huggle? Yeah. Even the huggle on you. No, but if you dropped me, say, in the Renaissance period, okay, it, well, first of all, if you dropped me in medieval times, I'd have been burned at the stake for being a witch. <laughs> yeah, you would have. Right. But if you dropped me in the Renaissance period, people wouldn't have thought that I was some kind of spirit or God. I probably would still been killed because the church would have hunted me down. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, because you have all this knowledge. Right. That you're not supposed to be talking about. But if you dropped me with a big lighter and a cell phone that could play Angry Birds because it's downloaded on there, and my normal clothes in ancient Egypt, they would think I was a God. 
because I came from the heavens. There I is. appeared and I had technology and amazing things that they never seen. I can produce fire out of the palm of my hand with just a click. Yeah. Yeah, you have this magic fire device. You have a magic mirror. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh but Paul said he built he built the Great Pyramid and he said, In it I built my knowledge of magic science, which you could say is advanced technology. So that I might be here when again I return from Amenti. I, while I sleep in the halls of Amenti, my soul roaming free will incarnate, dwell among men in this form or another, emissary on earth, am I of the dweller, fulfilling his commands, so many might be lifted. Now return I to the halls of Amenti, leaving behind some of my wisdom. Now I depart from you. Know my commandments. Keep them and be them, and I will be with you, helping and guiding you into the light. Now before me opens the portal. Go I down in the darkness of night. Talking about opening portals, opening stargates, right? Incarnating. And possibly, like you said earlier, maybe on another planet. Maybe he's stargating to another planet and he's going to incarnate there. But he says he'll be back in one form or another. And he's leaving some of the wisdom behind. Right? For people in the later date, which would be us now. Because it's now that we're starting to find Right. These ancient right. tablets right. and these ancient writings and these ancient ruins and these ancient hieroglyphs. And now we're being able to decipher them now, see, and to learn what they mean. And see, that's the thing that they say happened to that... Uh, uh, I can never say his flipping name. Okay, yeah, that's what happened to him. See, supposedly, right, he... Okay. The gods were keeping the technology from the Egyptians. They were letting them use it, but they were taking it back with them. He wanted to take the knowledge and the tools of the gods and give it to everybody. And they said, no. And he said, I'm going to give it to all the people. And they said, no, you're not. And he said, yes, I am. And that's why they killed him. And right after that, Egypt went into an age of complete silence because at that point, the gods said, we're not doing this no more. We're leaving. We're done. And they stopped helping. Which tells me that it was an advanced race helping the Egyptians out. And the Egyptians wanted to take the technology and just give it to all the humanity in the world. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. no, no, no. That's just for you because you're our chosen one. And they said, no, we want to give it to everybody. And they said, well, fuck you. We'll just kill you and take our technology and leave, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. And it's funny, too, because... Uh, actually, I was watching a video, Billy Carson, the other day, mm-hmm. and because he talks about there, they found this chamber in the Great Pyramid that its dimensions would perfectly fa- house the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. and it's very possible that mm-hmm. Moses or Akhenaten, which I think are probably the same exact person, it's just a different. Story being told, right? Took the Ark of the Covenant is like the 
the power source. Mm-hmm. Like, so if the if the Great Pyramid, say the Great Pyramid of Giza is a battery, like you said, well, maybe it maybe it needed its own battery. Oh yeah. That like actually powered the thing up, and what that was was the Ark of the Covenant, and that Akhenaten or Moses, what like what you're saying when they said. No, you're not fucking doing that or whatever. They took it, and they got the hell out of there, mm-hmm. which would explain why they're trying to chase them down. Right. Right? And then it would explain why now all of a sudden they get sent into a dark age because their technology doesn't work anymore. Right. Just think about what would happen to us. If our technology went off, if, if a solar flare took our electric grid out, it wouldn't take one fucking week. People would be goddamn killing well, each other. Think about this. The Ark of the Covenant could also be this. Now look. Moses was there, right? Okay. Say these people had left. Okay, because Akhenaten, this is Moses left after Akhenaten. Akhenaten had already been out of power when Moses left. So when Moses left, because Ramses was the king when Moses was there, and that was after Akhenaten. Um, so, Moses left, Ramses is still there, okay, but maybe these people came back to Moses and said to Moses, we'll grant you the power of the old Egyptians, because we like you, and maybe Moses had the DNA from the original Atlanteans in him, and they said, hey, we will give you and your people the power that the ancient Egyptians had. And not only that, but we're going to give, if, if you do what we tell you to do, we're going to make sure you're all right, and we're going to take you to a land, a.k.a. the Garden of Eden, because that's what the promised land is. We're going to take you to a place where nobody else can find. And who's to say it isn't concealed by a shield or some kind of cloaking device? If this is an advanced technology, and you're talking about a perfect Garden of Eden on the earth, it could very well be shielded by advanced uh, technology where we can't see it. Oh, dude. And it could be right in front of you. You'd never 100%. know it. You'd walk right by it and never see it. But this is the point. Look, if he said this, if they had said this to Moses and they said, hey, we'll give you the power source, that eternal life source that we're talking about that the Atlanteans learned how to use for their own benefit, the source that we all go back to. And they put it inside a box because they're not going to give him the whole power source. They kill him, but they took a piece of it and they put it inside the box. Now, that box powers everything. They said that the Ark of the Covenant used to glow at night, used to power their lights, used to do, of course, because it's an energy source. And only certain people could, could handle it, and you had to have so certain. Who's uh, to say, on? like you said, it wasn't a old scale battery? That powered stuff, but if they touch it, yeah, it's electricity. It'll blow your ass to hell. Yeah, and I and I also found, uh, and now that you mention that, because then I also find it interesting that it don't work until he goes up on the mountain and brings down back the the uh, tablets, the tent, and puts those in it. Yeah, the once he puts those tablets in it, it's almost like somebody gave him the energy to start it. charge the yeah. Ten Commandments for. Yeah, and when he put them in the ark. Maybe there was sulfuric acid and the ark, just like a battery, and the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. had metal in them. 
So you put the Ten Commandments into a battery full of water and acid. Mm -hmm. Guess what you got? You got a lot of car battery. <laughs> and it'd glow like a like a lightning bug in the middle of June. It, it would be it, beautiful. And it would be power power powerful enough that you could use it to blow down the walls of Jericho. Yeah. And go in and just yeah. take over and conquer. Yeah. What well and that wherever also, this God is telling you to that go. That also explains why it was made out of metal. Because if the outside's made out of metal, it conducts electricity and glows no matter where you set it. It'd be like a big light bulb. Be a, a big gigantic light bulb glowing. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that would also explain why you had to carry wooden sticks through the holes because if you got anywhere near it, you couldn't touch you, the metal. No, you'd be dead. Yes, because a charged. lot of people did die. Right. If they touched it, they died. That's why they carried it with wooden sticks. Yep. Because if you touch electricity of that nature and it's self-generating electricity, which it would keep regenerating itself, it'd fucking blow you across the room. And dude, I mean, and and it said when the that it would form like a spark and you could you could see God in the ark. Well, maybe you know, that was just a transmitting energy and maybe they were no, communicating. You with know them. what it sounds like to me? It sounds like a transformer that you mm -hmm. have on an yeah. electrical pole. That's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. And maybe they were it communicating stores and harvests through it. energy and produces it out in a slow, steady stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why you'll never find it because whoever invented that technology, whether it be God or an advanced race or whatever, made sure that that technology is no longer on this earth. <laughs> and you will or never if find it. Or if it is, it's it, hidden. It's hidden. Yeah. Well, Right. And it's never going to be found. Probably underneath the Vatican with everything right. else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Pope knows where it is. <laughs> that, that's what powers Rome. It's the Ark of the Covenant. And he just got it plugged into two jumper cables, powering the whole thing. But yeah, I, I, just, I think that everything that we have technologically now in the modern times are rediscoveries. Right. Of things that did exist before, maybe, oh, yeah. maybe many times before. I believe that there uh, at least was one, if not many, very higher advanced civilizations than what we think. I believe archaeologists and I believe Egyptologists and a lot of these experts, they're guessing is their bet is what I can basically tell you. They're guessing mm -hmm. because they only have the information they can go on that they've dug up, and since there's a lot of planet and very little of it that's dry has been excavated. Not to mention the millions of miles of water that's the oceans on this planet that have covered cities. Because there are sunken cities. There's a ton of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> where the water has covered them. I mean, for instance, we yeah. know for a fact, as I said earlier, that Asia used to be connected to the United States and the ocean covered it. Mm -hmm. uh, look up Dwarpa yeah. in India. They found that as a uh, sunken Baila, city. Baya uh, and Nanmadal yeah. is another Baya one. Baya in Italy. Yep. Um, there's one off the coast of India they just found recently. There's a bunch uh, of them off place the coast in Greece, of Polynesia. Yeah. Like I was talking about earlier. Yeah, there's two of them in Greece they found now. One's Pompeii. The other one they found was partially covered by a volcano, but they found it. It was off. It was an island off the coast. Mm -hmm. So really, is it that hard to believe 
since they found all these already covered by water, is it that hard to believe there could have been a city like Atlantis? Mm. Not really. No. I mean, it's actually probable. Because if you have all these other cities covered with water, you probably have Atlantis covered with water. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And then, man, there's all kinds of reports of, like, of uh, USOs. Yeah. Uh, unidentified submerged objects. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these people could be living in the ocean. And let's not forget, there is a lot of ocean that we cannot get to. Sonar will not reach it. And we cannot dive that deep because the pressure would kill us. Mm -hmm. So there is literally millions and millions of miles of this planet that we have never observed. There, We can only go down so far in the ocean. Same thing in the Earth. We have only can go down so far. There is millions and millions and millions of miles of Earth that we have not excavated. And it's looking, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. You can't blame archaeologists or anything because it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. You got a lot of planet, and you have to dig very deep into the planet to find these things that you're looking for. So unless you accidentally stumble upon something, there's no way to know what's down. I mean, you could literally dig up all of Egypt with a backhoe for the next hundred years and never get down to the levels mm. we're talking about and never, ever find anything. I mean, the Sphinx, when they first started uncovering it in the 30s, it was just the very top, just the tip of the head, mm-hmm. any longer. And it would have been completely covered by sand and we would have never found it. Well, think about Gobekli Tepe. Yeah. That they've... Uh, just in uncovered Turkey. recently yeah, in Turkey, in Turkey. Uh, and they've they've only, only uncovered just a bit of it. There's still a bunch more to yeah, uncover. Yeah, and it was hundreds of say, thousands of feet under the ground. They say, and they say it looked like it was deliberately buried. Yeah, that that right. and they estimate that it probably took them longer to bury it than it did to build it. Well, just alone. Okay, this this is the one thing you got to wrap your head around. If it took them that long to dig out the Sphinx, and it's that far in the ground, okay, now we said the Sphinx is like four or 500 feet tall. So you're, you had to dig down 500 feet to get to the base of this. That means the dirt you're walking on above in Egypt is 500 feet at least above the culture that built that thing. Yes. So the sand has covered 500 feet of that culture. There is no fucking way you're going to find No, because to your point, you could be walking... Right on top of it, never see it. ...of humongous 500-foot structures right now, right. And And you would would never never know it because you'd have to dig down 500 feet in the ground. And who the fuck's digging 500 feet? And all these places get found just... Accidentally. Right. Like, like, Gobekli Tepe was some farmer that, like, tripped over something. Yeah, well, he was uh, he was uh, plowing his field. Yeah, yeah. And he he plowed real deep, and he hit a very tip of a very top of a structure. Mm-hmm. And he said, "What the hell is that?" And he started uncovering it, and then he kept digging and digging for a couple of days, and he saw a bunch of tops of structures. Yeah. And again, and that's when he called somebody, and they dug for like two years just to uncover a little tiny portion of it. And again, it's it's. These like nineteen foot tall T T shaped 
monolithic stones made out of yep. one gigantic that yep. weighs tons and tons and tons. Oh yeah. Again, and it, it's it's at least eleven thousand years old, mm-hmm. right? How did they build? How did they cut the stones? How did they erect the stones? <laughs> I, and, I got to erect stone. <laughs> and these right. Say I erected it. But these stones too have carvings in them. Oh yeah. Like yeah. really detailed carvings. Oh yeah. They're just that had to be. They couldn't have been carved out by uh, stone chisels. There's just no, no, no way. It just doesn't no make sense. No, there had to be an advanced race on this planet. But um, this is the end of episode 31. Um, for any of you that listen every week, you'll notice there's only going to be two episodes posted this week. The uh, next episode <clears throat> is going to be on uh, Nephilim, Daughters of Men, and, and uh, Sons of God. And if you want to hear that episode, the only way you can hear it is on Patreon. because It's going to be a Patreon-exclusive episode. So, if you guys are interested in that, please get on Patreon, find us, and uh, subscribe, and you'll get that episode ad-free. Yep. So, uh, and if follow- not, hey, follow us. Yeah, if not, like it us, doesn't matter. As long as you follow comment, us, like us, we reviews. reviews mean way more than anything else. Uh, yeah, we're just trying to get our name out there. and Any review you can leave us on iTunes especially will boost us immensely. So, that means more than actually Patreon. But I just wanted to tell you guys about it, so you guys do have that option if you wanted to. But I hope you enjoyed these two episodes, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, later.